You are listening to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. In today's episode, you will learn about some of the spookiest and scariest titles that we have in our fiction horror section. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Travis here. This is Nicholas. And we are going to be talking about um, what most people, I think, are talking about uh, in the middle of the summer. And that is horror fiction, specifically the best horror fiction we have here in Maricopa County Library District. Also, specifically, maybe some Stephen King stuff. <laughs> we, uh, Nicholas and I, try in every single talk we do to mention Stephen King at least one time. Even if it doesn't fit, but in this case, it totally does. Totally does. If this is not the place to talk about Stephen King, there is no place. Right? I mean, it's not a Stephen King podcast, but oh, yeah. Stephen King will be mentioned. <laughs> Constantly. Right. And we may rename it, actually, to right. Stephen King. We're just going to do all Stephen maybe, King. Maybe the Kingdom? The ki- Ooh, know. dude, yes. Right. Kingdom of Horror? I, I just think the Kingdom. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. like it. Right. Uh, so, I guess let's jump off into it with Stephen King. Oh, you want me to go first? Sure, go for it. So, um... I've read probably more Stephen King horror than any other author, um, so I could probably fill up this list with just Stephen King, but the one I'm going to go for, da, 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 It by Stephen King, um, that, you know, door stopper of a thousand, twelve hundred page book. Um, yeah, I, one of, I have a specific memory, and I think the movies are actually pretty fantastic as well. I have a specific memory of reading this book um, in bed. It was late at night, just like the uh, lamps on. And I get to the scene in the library with, uh, like, I think there's, like, balloons. Like, a balloon appears. And it was one of the most horrifying experiences of my entire life. Like, I think about it still, and I'm like, I don't, I've never read a book and had to put a book down because I was so horrified. Okay, that's... I may, I'm kind of tempted to read this, yeah. but also I don't like clowns, so I think, I, truthfully, I'm also not a huge Stephen King fan. Yeah. Like, he, some of his stuff, like, I read The Stand. Somehow oh, I got, okay. somehow, the expanded edition of The Stand, so it's also like a thousand pages. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, which is an insane book. It's not really horror. It's more, I guess, post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic fiction at this point. Yeah. Um, but it's a very Stephen King post-apocalyptic fiction. 100%. Um, but I'd say if I had to pick a Stephen King book, I would either have to go with, I, I, I would probably have to go with, I don't know, Carrie I always enjoyed, uh, Salem's Lot I enjoyed. Yeah, first two books. Yeah. But I think Cujo. Oh, I've never read scariest. Cujo. It's okay. The, just because of the sheer fact that this is something, like, you could totally get attacked by a rabid dog and trapped in your car. Like, that's genuinely terrifying. Yeah. The, the possibility of a shape-shifting clown finding you, eh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's slightly less than a rabid dog, I suppose. Um, but for me, I always enjoy, I, I, my, my definition of horror and Travis's definition, as you will see throughout this list, they vary pretty widely. Um, but yeah, for me, it would have to be Cujo, just because there's something about a rabid dog, there's something about dogs just that is like genuinely terrifying when they're angry i don't know what it is but yeah. it's just something primal like oh my gosh an angry dog oh, right. angry person it's like eh. but oh gosh it's a dog <laughs> true and it's like it, uh, what is his name pennywise is a, a shape-shifting clown who is also a interdimensional eternal evil being that's a comic book villain <laughs> <You're right. laughs> 
It's so like okay, I think Stephen Mr. King is Zillapick. Super so he's basically just that. Basically. Uh, I, Stephen King, I think, starts things off really well. Like I've I've read before that he like just begins books and like has no plan for like what's gonna happen. That seems right. Totally fits. I think the stand is another excellent example yes. of like Whoa! This balloon, this this like novel ballooned out so of control. Fast. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you've never read The Stand, it's basically what if the apocalypse was was caused by some sort of biological weapon? This cosmic battle of good and evil, and there's a nuke, and like it's so weird. It's yeah. not. There's nothing scary about it. But you just kind of you just kind of look behind yourself. But you're like, how did we get here? Like this is insane. Aren't there like the four horsemen of the apocalypse? I feel like and they they hang out in Las Vegas because where else would they? Of course, yeah, as they as one does, right? As as the four horsemen do, and not even the cool X Men four horsemen of the apocalypse. (laughs) Just just I think he basically just recruits like a bunch of like bikers and like he he doesn't so. So in and this is this apparently is really now just turning into a podcast. It is. Stand. Um, <laughs> the whole thing on the stand is is the 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 enemy Randall Flag, Randall which Flag, yeah. if you know him, if you've read Stephen King's The Dark Tower, he's the main bad guy, which is also what? yeah. Also, oh, I guess spoilers. Yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I knew they were related somehow. Yeah, but that's cool. Um, but also, that's a series that went just bananas very fast. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he basically gathers all these like low lives. He doesn't. He doesn't even get like a single genocidal dictator for for his you know evil squad, I guess. <laughs> um, so he just gathers like whoever's around. He's like, yeah, you'll do. Um, and then he attacks this like peace loving old lady, um, Mother Abigail, I think is her name, where they've set up in like Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, man, and it, it's very weird. It's, <laughs> it's it's not a bad book, but I. It's, it's, it's very Stephen King. I will say, I think his, like, it was 12, 1,200 pages, something yeah. ridiculous, but it did not read like a book. Like, I remember that specific sitting where I read, and it was horrifying. I'd read, like, 300 pages that night. I Just, like, it's just so compulsively readable. And I think Stephen King in recent years has almost moved a little bit away from horror. I agree. Like, you still have stuff like Revival. You have, like, right. Mr. Mercedes, End yeah. of Watch, whatever the other one was. Yeah, there's that and Under the Dome, which I guess is kind of like that. But I mean, it's it's horror if you watch the TV show. Oh, that was gosh. bad. <laughs> so that went on somehow. Um, the true definition as in horrible. Right? <laughs> yeah. The true horror is watching it. Um, and then it got four seasons. And then it got four seasons. Three, four seasons. It's like, how did this happen? Yeah. So, someone let that go on. That's the horror. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I would definitely have to say Cujo for mine. Yeah. Also, it's a tiny book, so that True, helps. true. After have to read Cujo. Before Stephen King, uh, uh, I guess, pumped up his books full with a, you know, bicycle, bicycle tire. <laughs> uh, and I like the movies. I like the movies. I like the first It movie better than the second, but I think they're, like, condensing that behemoth down into two films. Pretty good job, yeah. I thought. And pretty scary. Um, a lot of jump scares, but... I think Stephen King is best in, in 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 dealing with people, yeah, and like how people would react. I think he's a great character writer okay. in general. Um, it has some crazy, crazy stuff in it. There is a giant turtle who's like, why not? Which they 
probably wisely cut out of the films. I feel like there's a lot that they looked at. They're like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> like that. This is way too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, if you want a long book that reads like a really short book, check out it. Okay, that's – I might actually have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my first book is actually a – it's the first book in a trilogy. Uh, it's called Parasite. It's by Mira Grant. And Mira Grant is – and that's M-I-A-R. Grant, I realize it's going to be a little hard to hear us because we both got masks on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. if I sound like an adult from Charlie Brown, that's why. Um, <laughs> but it basically takes place in this, this near future where everybody has these – I, I hesitate to call them, but they, they have these biological organisms, and you can't see it, but I'm making air quotes right now. Biological <laughs> organisms implanted in them called uh, intestinal guards, and they basically like they you know they regulate a lot of your body's functions. They they make you healthier, you know that sort of thing. Uh, catch their giant tapeworms. Oh god. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it gets gross real fast. Nice. Um, but. I'm not going to spoil a lot of it because it's it's pretty interesting. Um, but essentially, these tapeworms, they don't become sentient, but kind of. That's horrifying. So so think of it basically like it's, it's kind of like a zombie apocalypse, except instead of a, I guess instead of a zombie virus, it's parasites that a lot of people already have living inside them. And... To make it worse, some of them essentially, like, when they try to, you know, control somebody, they're, if they're not very good at it, they just turn into, like, these shambling, walking zombie people. Uh, but if they are, if they, if they do manage to succeed, for whatever reason, essentially, they're people at that point. Interesting. So they take over the host's body yes. then? Okay, yes. that's crazy. Uh, so it's, it's, I, I made it all the way up to the third book. It starts to drag a little, um, as is any. It could probably be condensed down to two books instead of three. But it's kind of that horrifying, like, ah! Um, <laughs> like super body horror type stuff? Not, it's not thing. super bad. It's uh-huh. just kind of more of like a, it's, it's unsettling. You're, it's kind of that, like, you know, is humanity going to be replaced yeah. type thing? Um, it's not strictly horror. They, they do go into a, it's a little bit of, I would say, body horror because they, they involve parasites, yeah. which is kind of gross. But, yeah. but it's, it's, it's almost more of like a, uh, you know, you can, they, they, they intersperse the, the main narrative with kind of interviews, you know, quote unquote interviews, and then um, like, you know, fake quotes from the people involved in creating this evil parasitic tapeworm. And you can kind of see how they, like, you know, go down that rabbit hole. And that's kind of, like, that's scary that something like this might actually happen. Who knows? Like, Have you ever seen a movie called Ex Machina? No. I know what it's about. It's the robot. Yeah. So yeah. it's it seems, like, different but related. Yeah, it's kinda. like this could totally happen and this is horrifying. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's, yeah, it's something that's so, like, not human i guess but also very human in a way did you you ever see uh, it was a movie with i think it was um jake johnson um 
Anyway, the movie had, is called uh, The Lazarus Effect. Olivia Wilde. That's oh, it. yes, I have seen that That was movie. so good. It's kind of yes. like that. It's, it's kind of like the, you know, should man play God type thing. Yeah, oh, dude, I forgot that movie. Such a good movie. Yeah, okay, that's kind of exactly what Kind of, yeah. It's like yeah. that ethical. And spoiler alert, man should never play God. It's always <laughs> yeah, right. Did we learn nothing from Frankenstein? Right? That was like 200 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we, we did not learn. Mary Shelley was ahead of the curve on that one. Actually, speaking of Frankenstein, <laughs> if you guys have never read Frankenstein that is a terrifying book dude I almost put okay I've read Frankenstein probably five times yeah three were for school yeah and I was like eh, I don't know and then I read it again I was like you know what I want some horror I read Frankenstein it is a tremendous book it is and amazing. horrifying yep. I totally agree with you so if, if if anyone's ever read it for school you probably get the you know who is the true monster, Frankenstein or the being he created? You know, philosophy 101. And every time somebody asks me, ask that, I always remember the scene in, in, in the book where Frankenstein not only basically, where the monster, I should say, basically threatens Victor Frankenstein and says, I'm going to kill a bunch of people and ruin everything you love and frame you for all these crimes unless you create me a woman. And when Victor Frankenstein says, no, I'm not going to do that, he's like, fine, I'm going to crawl up the, what is it, the, the, the tower, this tower on your oh. wedding night, murder your bride. With the bride, yeah. Yeah. So I think the monster is the monster. <laughs> like, spoiler alert, the monster is the monster. Man, I'd forgotten all about he, that. He, he Spider-Man's his way up, and I'm just like, this dude is evil. I just remember the scene where he's like, the monster is like hiding and watching this family. Yes. And then the family like rejects him, and he's like, his first instinct is murder. Right. It seemed like I think that happened. Anyways, it was just like man, it's like I think that, it was sadness and then murder. Right? Yeah, it's like I can't believe you would reject me because he kind of had a, like a kinship with them. I think until they saw that he was a monster. Yeah, and then, and so, as would as as I mean, when you think about it, Frankenstein's like, how can they reject me for being a person made of other people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that was a which also Dracula. I was gonna say that Dracula yes. also terrifying. Yes, like, like if you because I I think I made it halfway through and what what's his name? What's the main character's name? Oh, is it no. Harker? Mm. Sounds right. It's not Mina. Other guy. I think I think that's him. Jonathan Harker. Jonathan yeah. Harker. Um, so the basically the backstory is he goes to he goes to uh, Castle Dracula. I think it's called to do some like work to help him kind of like move some of his assets to England. At first he thinks he's just this very wealthy count. He finds out real quick that this dude is a vampire, like so fast. Like, I mean, finds out he can control wolves. He finds out like everyone in the village is like, don't go up there, man. And then at one night he's looking out the window. He sees like Dracula crawling on a wall. He's like, oh, bro. (laughs) He's like, nah, I ain't about this. And then he can't leave. So it's, uh, that book is horrifying. That book is, I mean, that that book is is scary. It's a, it's kind of a hard read. Yeah, for sure. Um, but and it it switches slightly distractingly, like in the middle when he's like, right when he tries to murder Dracula, it's like, and now here's Mina Harker's love letter. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, <laughs> it kind of loses a little bit of momentum there. Yeah. But, but yeah, definitely a very good like classic. Yeah, two classics yeah. there. That I think like there's a lot of books I think are classics. I but put those, those in quotes. Those, but those hold those, up for sure. Like yeah. Dracula in particular, I remember being like, man, like just the the atmosphere that that book creates yeah. you feel like you're in that castle yep. like which is kind of hard to do I feel like never having been in a castle right especially <laughs> one occupied by a Transylvania by, yeah exactly uh, okay 
Next, what do we got? What do I want to do? Okay, so this is one that I have not read as an adult. Nicholas and I were just talking about this before this. Um, but as a child, it horrified me. Horrified. And that is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by which, Alvin Schwartz. Which, fun fact, they just made a movie. Yes. Also, fun fact, they replaced the illustrations in the books. And now they're not as... Yes. No, Travis is what Travis Travis's face is absolutely shocked right Horror. now. No, man, the book... Because, oh, dude... I'm, the illustrations were what made it scary. Yes! The stories oh. themselves were fine, but the illustrations were, like, creepy. That's such a disappointment. I know, right? Uh, I'm going to have to go look now, because uh, <laughs> as, as a kid in elementary school, going to the library and being like, okay, let me just check this out, you know? Because I, I liked Goosebumps. Yeah. Which, I remember the story, I think it's from this book, where, all right, the dude's driving home and the person behind him is like keeps flashing his lights okay and so he's like what the heck is this person doing he's like turning around what are you doing and i think they get to a gas station i hope that this is from this story i'm pretty <laughs> sure it is if not i'm just lying uh, <laughs> um but anyways he gets to the gas station or something and apparently the dude is flashing the lights behind this person because there's a spoiler alert there's a person behind them like rearing up and getting ready to murder the person driving but then the person flashes their lights the person like hiding in the back gets down as yeah. a child that was the most horrifying I still check behind me when I get into cars that now. sounds exactly like something from that book it totally Certainly, does because yeah. they're almost like folk tales kind of like I feel like I've heard some of these stories independently of this book before. yeah I, I think it collects a lot of almost like urban legends yeah yeah urban legends type for sure. thing yeah uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know how they hold up as an adult, but as a child, horrifically horrifying. I mean, honestly, if you want horror stories that hold up, but as an adult too, you probably just turn on the news. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's true. We are living in a horror story. That right is now. true to life. <laughs> Which actually, speaking of, that uh, brings me to my next book. And it's actually uh, one that just came out fairly recently. It's called The End of October. Uh, and the author is Lawrence Wright, uh, W-R-I-G-H-T. Um, and if that name sounds familiar, it's actually because he's an investigative journalist, presumably, uh, not presumably, primarily. I'm not not questioning Lawrence Wright's credentials. That's, that's not this kind of podcast. Um, primarily, he's an investigative journalist. He actually wrote um, uh, The Looming Tower uh, about Al-Qaeda before 9-11. Uh, oh, okay. Got turned into a Hulu miniseries. He wrote, I think his previous book to this, uh, he wrote one about Scientology uh, called The... Oh my, The Prison of Belief, I think it is, which fantastic book. Um, but the, his most recent book other than this is, is uh, called God Save Texas. Uh, but the end of October basically is like, what if COVID-19 was worse? It actually came out before this whole thing happened. It was written last year, you know, came out before it came out in in April or May of this year. But it's basically like, what if there was this huge pandemic that killed millions and millions and millions of people all around the globe. Oh my god. But also spread like crazy. So it might not be the best book. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe read it after this whole thing is over, if it's ever <laughs> over. Um, but it, it's kind of like that horrifying, you know, oh, this this could happen and is in fact happening at this very moment. Interesting. Um, but it's a, it's 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 not a book where you're like, wow, these are very well-rounded characters or you know, this, this, it, it's just more of like a, you, you kind of rock back and forth thinking, please don't let that happen. Please don't let that happen. Please don't let that happen. Um, 
but it's scary. It's 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 an interesting book. You just kind of want to know, I guess. It's it's almost like watching a car crash. How's the world in this book going to break down next? What's going to happen? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it basically um, in the book the uh, disease, which I forget what they name it. They don't name it like Captain Crunch or you know, something. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that from the stand too? Is it Captain Crunch? It's Captain Tr- Captain Trips. Oh, okay. okay. Because again, Stephen King is it's either longshoremen or hippies that name everything in his universe. <laughs> um, but. Uh, it's basically it's like this this disease that spreads incredibly rapidly. I think it liquefies like your internal oh, organs. It's like excellent. Yeah, it's 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 horrifying, That's and then really... it mutates because why would yeah it? why not? Um, it couldn't be more horrible. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, but very very interesting book. If, if you're having some issues with COVID nineteen and kind of getting tired of hearing about it. Maybe go read it instead. <laughs> yeah. You know what? During this whole like pandemic time, I have actually, because I'm a horror movie fanatic, mm-hmm. but I stopped for a while, like right at the beginning, and now I'm back like full force. There's, There's all- only so much you can stop. You're like, I, I, it's I almost- have to get back to normal now. <laughs> it's almost cathartic in a way, I guess. I, I guess it could be yeah. worse. It's a lot slower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, okay. That one sounds interesting. Okay, next. So, going with another classic. Um, if you have read and score, just in general, the sto- short story The Lottery by Shirley Jackson, one of the most horrifying twist endings ever. I've heard of it. It's an amazing... Oh, dude, it's so good. It's it's very short. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember how long. Maybe 20, 30 pages. But it sets up... Once you get to the end, you're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And then you go back, and there's so many hints... It's one of those ones where the ending kind of puts the rest in context. You okay. may have seen it. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm Wikipediaing it right now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Wow. That's, uh, uh, that's that's intense. It's so crazy. So basically, take that and then put it into a full length book. So I would choose The Haunting of Hill House by Ooh, Shirley Jackson. Okay. One of my favorite books ever. Stephen King, I believe, called it. Oh, there we go. Stephen King. Yeah. Called it the one of the best horror novels of the 20th century. And basically, any haunted house movie that you watch uh, from, I think that novel was in 1950, I want to say 58. I can't yeah, swear well, to it's it. in the 50s. Um, it, it has influenced every, literally everything that came after it. Yep. Um, there is a scene in that book, I didn't put it down, but there's a scene where uh, the main character who you don't know if she maybe is... Um, they think she's maybe a psychic, then she's like kind of losing it a little. But anyway, she's in the bedroom, and I think it's her and us, a couple other people maybe, and you hear just this pounding, this pounding. Um, basically, she is in a haunted house, or potentially a haunted house, and shenanigans ensue. <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm sure they don't call it shenanigans. <laughs> they, they do not, or death shenanigans. <laughs> I'm just hearing like the, be- the Benny Hill. <laughs> Screaming, death, murder. <laughs> shenanigans. Uh, man, that book, it's pretty short, quick read. Tremendous, horrifying book. I cannot recommend that book highly enough and just extremely well written. I feel like there's a lot of horror that is kind of like horror movies. It's just not real it's good. There. Yeah. It's like a C average, maybe. Yeah. C minus D plus. And this is coming from somebody who likes horror. Who loves it, right. I feel that way a lot about a lot of science fiction. It's like, right. it's not great, but I'll take it. You have to wade through a lot of like 
horrible to get to like that one shining yeah, you example. Really do. <laughs> it's always oh, the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of like like a, just a very literary novel, I would say um, check it out though. Hunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, and check out her short stories as well. And if if you don't like books, Netflix also has a series. Haunted yes, Hill House. which is horrifying. I've tried to watch it, and uh, I, I mean, I didn't stop because it was scary. Uh, like I stopped because reasons i forget why but yeah. from what i watched it was scary man. i've never been so scared by a show like i've screamed several times and i'm wow. admitting this on a podcast this is uh I, somebody that was with me screamed it was not me yeah uh, <laughs> i just heard it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and also in this show with the haunting of hill house there's like i forget how many there's all these like ghosts in the background of yeah. like each scene okay that's it's insane. I have to go watch that. Now. Yeah, it's good. I recommend that as okay. well. Vaguely based on the book, I think. Right. It's got the. It's got the same concept. You got the, yeah. Well, there's a family in the, in the thing. Right. It's, yeah. In a haunted house. It's a haunted house. Yeah. Right. So it's on a hill. So boom, adaptation. It writes itself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Plot beats are up to you. <laughs> uh, so my next uh, book is actually a little bit different. I don't tend to read a, a, that much fiction, so this is actually going to be a nonfiction book. Um, it's horrifying because it's true, mostly. Um, so it's called Midnight in Chernobyl by Adam Higginbottom. Uh, and it actually, it, you know, obviously it goes over the Chernobyl disaster, what led up to it, its aftermath. Um, just a horrifying, horrifying event. I mean, th- this, so. If somehow you're not familiar, if you haven't seen the HBO show or read this or Wikipedia Chernobyl or ever heard anyone reference it, uh, basically in, I think it was it was the late 80s, there was a uh, one of the largest nuclear power plants in the Soviet Union, in uh, what was then the Soviet Union, in uh, Pripyat, Ukraine, melted down and actually managed to spew radioactivity all over the place. Um, the first time the Soviets... Uh, they evacuated the area, but they basically didn't tell anyone. They didn't tell any other countries. The first time anyone found out about it was uh, a Swedish, uh, I think, nuclear radiation detection station. You know, they they had people coming in, and they found radiation on their shoes, and they thought, what's going on here? And they essentially managed to track it back to, to Chernobyl. And, I mean, it's basically just this kind of horrifying, co- not comedy of errors, but the Soviet Union tried to cover it up so, so badly. They didn't let anyone know about it until they were forced to. And even then, it displaced thousands of people, killed a lot of people. No one's actually sure to this day how many people it killed. Wow. Um, they don't know how many people got got cancer from it, died, um, because they were exposed to so much radioactivity um, that when the Soviet Union, uh, originally they sent in I think it was uh, soldiers with an armored uh, armored brigade. Uh, these were men that were, you know, riding in vehicles designed to survive the fallout of a nuclear bomb. Their their uh, um, tools that measured radiation just went off the charts. They had to turn around. Dang. So I mean, crazy. to this day, that area is contaminated. You don't go in there. You can't go in there. Um, I mean, it's it's. It's it's just a, it's it's so scary, kind of what could happen, and maybe you don't have any idea. Right. Um, uh, have you seen the HBO show? Yes, the HBO show is amazing. Somebody told me it was like so one of the most horrifying things yes. I've ever seen. Yeah, 
And then there's there's parts of it, of course, that are exaggerated for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I liked about the book was that it actually kind of gave you like a, you know, here's how nuclear power plants work. Here's here's how fission works. And and um, one of the best descriptions was they were talking about the different types of radiation. They compared one of them. Uh, they compared, I believe it was alpha, beta, and gamma radiations uh, to bullets. One of them, you know, you could basically stop with a piece of paper. One of them, you know, you had to stop with like light lead, and the other one basically would just tear through almost anything. Crazy. Uh, guess which type uh, Chernobyl unleashed? <laughs> the worst kind. <laughs> um, but so so that's a a fascinating book. Um, uh, Midnight in Chernobyl by Adam Higginbottom. Uh, also, I'd recommend the HBO show. Um, it's got a lot of really good actors in it. It's kind of got a. It, it really dramatizes how how scary it was and how what what the Soviet Union did to cover all of it up. Um, which is and that's actually funny because the book compares it to uh, the Three Mile Island disaster oh. that took place not that long before, and and uh, the U.S. man, you know, the U.S. evacuated, you know, so so many people. Uh, when that happened, but the the leak of radiation off Three Mile Island was just absolutely nothing compared to to Chernobyl. Yeah. Sometimes I think like I read. Uh, have you ever read Dance Macabre by Stephen King? No. It's like a nonfiction. It's basically like his treatise on horror. Okay. And he gives these distinctions of what is scary in horror. So like at the bottom is like gross out. That's yeah. like the easy stuff. And then you go up and it's like, I think like existential dread and actual pure terror yeah. are thing. It seems like that book would absolutely be that. Cause it's oh. like in real life, you yeah. know, it's like, this is a horror happening. Didn't even happen that long ago. Either. Right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, that reactor basically just exploded. They, they literally didn't think that reactor could explode and yeah. it did. Right. What's our time? Should we uh, we got time. All right. Let's see. What next? Okay. So going with um, man, I'm just gonna keep it real old school. Basically, anything by Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Definitely any of his short stories. I would say I read those not that long ago, maybe two or three years ago, and I was just kind of because you read like Poe in school, or like he's so like ubiquitous throughout culture. It's like like the Raven, like the Simpsons yeah. parody of the Raven. It's like okay, so they're like it's kind of like the Beatles in a way. They're so everywhere that you kind of lose track. Like oh, this is like the greatest one of the greatest bands of all time. I yeah. feel like it's the same with Poe. He's influenced everyone that came after him. Um, so many just like stories like I, I find the telltale heart to be like there's the one scene where the dude's like peeking in to like look at the uh, uh, whoever owns the house yeah. and that one like sliver of light like shines on that dude's eye and it like opens up like that's such a visceral, viscerally horrifying image yeah. and it's through you know a short story uh, which I think like I was going to choose uh, Books of Blood by Clive Barker as well, um, and you can just tell anybody who writes short horror fiction or just horror fiction in general has absolutely been influenced by Poe. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've never read a ton of Edgar Allan Poe myself, but um, I was actually when you said keeping it old school, my my first thought to him was like uh, "I Am Legend" by Richard Madison. Oh yeah, um, another classic. So not not the Will Smith version. Will Smith <laughs> apparently has a habit of taking. <laughs> classic 50s literature and being like yeah but what if it was entirely different though 
you know, like that, and I am robot. So I am, so or I robot, not I am robot. So I am legend. Uh, basically, follows this guy who essentially survives the vampire apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then he goes out during the day, starts, you know, he's staking vampires like crazy left and right. He's, you know, vampire avenger. He's got the dog. He's got the, I don't think he has the dog in the book. I don't think, yeah. No, yeah. But, but picture him with a dog. Picture him with a dog for this. Um, but at night, you know, his, his house basically gets surrounded by vampires. And he's, he's, you know, he puts up crosses and garlic. And, and one of the interesting things the book talks about essentially is like, you know, these items work on vampires because they're, because of like their cultural upbringing. So like, for example, the book specifically mentions if you showed a, like a Jewish vampire across, they'd be like, okay, like they wouldn't care. Uh, but if you should have showed somebody who used to be, a, you know, a vampire used to be a Christian the cross, then they'd recoil. It was, it was kind of an interesting, interesting like, okay. more scientific approach to vamp- vampirism. Interesting. Um, but basically he then takes in this one woman, and I'm gonna spoil this for you because it's 70 years old and you can read the book. <laughs> um, he takes in this one woman, um, you know, who he thinks might be a vampire, but he's not entirely sure. Spoiler alert, turns out to be a vampire. <laughs> um, she was sent there to assassinate him um, because what he didn't realize while he's just walking around, you know, staking vampires left and right, is basically the vampires, they have it like they're evolving in a way to kind of, you know, tolerate sunlight more. Um, so they, they, they've got their own society going and, and, you know, they're, they're people functionally. And then, you know, this guy basically just busts down their door and starts stabbing people like a psychopath. (laughs) Um, so eventually, you know, he realizes that and he, he willingly at one point lets himself be taken. And cause he's just like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep, you know, living my life. Like, you know, just, just killing vampires. Eventually they'll get me. Um, but he kind of reflects that, uh, and this is where the title comes from that, as vampires were legends of the old society, you know, he is the, he is their new legend. He is their monster under the bed. Interesting. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It's a it cool kinda, twist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Will Smith movie's fine. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is... I know Stephen King is, like, obsessed with Richard Matheson. Yeah, it did not get good reviews when it came out. People, that book, yeah. yeah. People were just kind of like... Pfft. Whatever, Richard Matheson. <laughs> Have you read The Incredible Shrinking Man by him? No. I've heard that one is pretty. I, I, I guess that's horror, technically. Probably like existential body horror. It's like the, what is it? The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells. Oh, yeah. That's scary. That is, yeah. yeah. Which, oh, H.G. Wells, dude. I didn't thought about him. Right? Which, especially if you've seen the new movie with like Elizabeth Moss, you're kind of thinking yeah. that's the right direction to take it because that is a horrifying concept. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Or if you've read uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, uh, by Alan Moore, the Invisible Man is in it, and he's real bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Isn't yeah. there a movie where Kevin Bacon was that Hollow Man? Yes, dude, that's kind of similar, right? Pretty much. Yeah. He like becomes okay. Yeah, yeah kind of. I did no, not no, like that movie. No one is like, but what if I'm going to use this to play pranks? <laughs> but what if I'm going to use this to become a crazy person? <laughs> to right to to direct evil, right? Uh, uh, we should probably end our podcast. Yeah, oh, we have so many more, right. but hey, we got October coming up. Podcast is going to keep rolling. Right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And all of these are available on our website uh, at www.mcldaz.org. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. Remember to stay tuned. 
Next week, Jennifer and Jen will discuss some wonderful books that all focus on women finding their own strength. 